the Todd Stansbury Podcast from RamblinWreck.com. This is the official podcast of Georgia Tech Athletic Director Todd Stansbury as he gives you an inside look at what's happening around Yellow Jacket Athletics. Now, alongside Tech Athletic Director Todd Stansbury, here's the voice of the Yellow Jackets, Andy Demetra. And we welcome you in. Hope you are feeling great. I'm sure Saturday night may have had a lot to do with that after watching your Yellow Jackets open up 2020 with a road ACC win. And now we are on to an historic home opener this Saturday at Bobby Dodd Stadium, a stadium that has seen a lot of history. And we will add another chapter to that with the home opener for your Yellow Jackets versus UCF. A lot to discuss, and on that, we welcome you in to another edition of the award-winning, world-famous Toddcast with Athletic Director Todd Stansberry. I'm Andy Demetra. He's Todd Stansberry. Todd, how are you? Doing great. Great we were, Monday morning. Yeah, we were neighbors uh, in the press box at Doe Campbell Stadium on Saturday. I think people enjoyed seeing your cameo on our new behind-the-mic <laughs> video stream uh, of our booth on the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets app, but you had to like what you saw there on Saturday in Tallahassee. Oh, so many, uh, just so many positives, um, uh, you know, and of course, to tell you the truth, it was almost, uh, it was emotional just getting to the game. Um, uh, So much had to go into us being able just to play that football game. And it's a real tribute, obviously, uh, to the team, the players, the coaches, the support staff, but really everybody in the athletic department, when you consider what does it take uh, to take a a football team and its staff, keep them safe, uh, make sure that as we're being tested three times a week, um, that uh, we're getting, uh, we're, we're piling up the negatives and just being in a position to get down there. And then Florida State has to do their part. I just remember, um, you know, really holding my breath on uh, Friday night, knowing that we were going to get the results of the tests um, sometime in the early, early morning of, um, of Saturday. And um, talking to Dr. Galante, and we were all negative. And then my next thing was, what about Florida State? And texting their AD in the wee hours of the morning saying, Are you, we're good, are you guys good? Uh, knowing that it takes two to tango. And so, so many elements and so many people, and this is, we, we at, at Georgia Tech here, we talk about line of sight, and we want everybody in our department to see the line of sight to the, the product that we're producing, which is uh, the greatest young people in the world. And, and um and I think this was a true example that everybody in our department played a role um, because not only in preparing our student athletes in keeping them safe, um, you think the, the custodial staff and what they had to do every single day um, in the deep clean of our facilities. Um, so this was a true uh, program win, and it was a true program win just to get to the game. And then, of course, the results of the game and watching how this team uh, uh, performed and, and um, didn't get down. We, we got down early, left some points on the board, and a lot of times you're thinking um, that, you know, that's going to come back to haunt us. And you got a freshman quarterback that certainly did not play like a freshman. And um, I I think all of um, uh, 
uh, Yellow Jacket Nation should feel pretty good about how that team played down in Tallahassee and only our second win in program history uh, down there. So, yeah, so it was, uh, it was quite a day. How, how nerve-wracking was last week for you as an athletic director? Oh, well, after every test, you hold your breath, right? And because you have no idea, um, you know, what's going to happen. And, uh, and not only does a positive test affect um, the, the individual that may test positive, but through contact tracing, it can affect roommates and others on the team. And so every positive test has a ripple effect. And so uh, after every test, you're just holding your breath, waiting on those results. And, and our, our kids and our coaches, they did what they had to do. And, and, um, and so uh, Saturday was a, was a victory in so many ways. When did you finally get that text from your counterpart at Florida State that they had tested negative? You said the early morning hours of Saturday. Do you remember precisely when that was? Yeah, it was probably – well, I didn't call Dr. Galante until probably 5 or 6 in the morning. Okay. Um, And then I didn't wait for it. I I couldn't wait for a text from FSU. I I, uh, actually texted – when I knew we were good to go – I then wa- wanted to make sure that uh, FSU knew we were good to go. We normally, um, our normal protocol is, is that we have a, a phone call, um, the opponent, the home team, and the ACC at 9.30 in the morning of every game just to make sure that we're all good. Um, but I certainly wasn't going to be able to wait till that phone call, and so I, I verified with um, FSU uh, as soon as I knew um, – that we were good, that they were good. So, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't wait for the phone call. It was a fitful sleep for you, I'm sure, Friday night. Probably a different story after watching that win on Saturday night. Also exciting because Georgia Tech is on the verge of the top 25 in the polls. The teams that aren't participating yet in football, they're not eligible to be ranked. But nonetheless, that win opened a lot of eyes nationally, and that has to make you feel good. Well, yeah, I mean, just... Um, the the job that Jeff Collins has done, um, starting with last year's team and develop and creating that culture and um, the seniors from that team uh, really set the tone. Uh, had a great recruiting class, and so you can just see uh, knowing that um, uh, transitioning from uh, any kind of transition from head coaches is always going to be a difficult situation. But going from uh, uh, Paul Johnson's triple option offense to the spread uh, and just uh, what that actually entails personnel-wise, training-wise, all those kinds of things, um, it's, uh, it's amazing um, to see in one year uh, the development of um, the players. Obviously, we, uh, we had a number of key freshmen um, uh, play Saturday, starting with Jeff Sims, but he wasn't the only one. Um, and then, um, and then just to see, um, uh, the, the, um, the way that they've progressed, um, the defense, uh, the way it's progressed and the size of our players. And some of these guys are the same players. (laughs) And so, uh, hats off to, um, uh, to our strength and conditioning staff, our nutritionist, 
um, all those engaged in developing a better student athlete. I think anybody that has um, been following us and and saw us at the end of last year, and then again, and then on uh, Saturday, had to notice a, a pretty significant change in what that team looked like when it um, walked off the bus uh, Friday in Tallahassee. It's that old phrase, you passed the bus test. <laughs> yes, we did. Never has it applied more acutely. So now on to Saturday, and you welcome in a ranked team in UCF number 13. It is a program you are intimately familiar with because you were the AD at UCF when the contract for this series was signed. When the ACC reconfigured its schedule, made it 10 conference games and a plus one, had a chance to schedule elsewhere, look elsewhere for an opponent. Why'd you stay with UCF? Well, they were already on the schedule. Um, so uh, as opposed to having to go out there on the, uh, the open market, um, we had an opponent. Obviously, our intent was um, to play the University of Georgia. Um, and then when the SEC decided they were going to go conference only, uh, that opened up that spot. Uh, and... Um, UCF, uh, great opponent, a lot of ties. Um, I was the AD that um, initiated the contract on the other side. And, and in fact, this is an uh, amended contract because we were supposed to play them um, uh, two years ago. And because of a hurricane, um, we couldn't. And uh, so I probably may be the only AD that's actually on both <laughs> signatures on both sides of this contract. But um, anyways, um, uh, Colin, uh, Coach Collins worked at um, uh, UCF uh, under uh, George O'Leary, of course, the connection with George O'Leary. Uh, Brent Key was at uh, UCF. Um, Will Glover was at UCF, Thacker was at UCF, and of course I was the AD at UCF. So, um, and uh, so, anyways, that's why uh, they were on the schedule, and um, it just made made sense to to play them. Obviously, a quality opponent, and this year it's going to be really important um, since so many uh, conference are conference only. Anytime you've got the uh, opportunity to play a quality out-of-conference opponent, it's going to be a very, very valuable um, uh, uh, look into where your conference is uh, or where your, where your team is. And so um, that, and then um, uh, it was announced a, a couple of weeks ago that um, we're putting George O'Leary into the um, uh, Georgia Tech uh, Hall of Fame. And uh, so we'll also be recognizing George on Saturday's game, and, and he'll be here, and, um, uh, which I think is pretty fitting considering that at UCF they've already got a statue of George uh, down there, so, and we're putting him in our Hall of Fame. And, of course, um, uh, his legacy is pretty significant when you consider what he did here, both as an assistant under Bobby Ross in a national championship, um, and then uh, his run as a head coach here, and then obviously um, what he did down at UCF. Uh, we're really, really excited to have George back. And that coaching tree extends to the Georgia Tech sidelines. You're right, a lot of connections crisscrossing these two schools. The seat selection process for Saturday's game has wrapped up. Fans, you, you should have already received your mobile tickets from the Georgia Tech ticket office, and the mobile tickets, Todd, are one of the many new safety measures in place 
four home games this year. I know you have worked extensively and meticulously with your task force since April to ensure a safe environment to stage games that include fans. The fact that you are hosting fans is something that not every school nationally has the ability to do right now. Let's begin with this. Take us through a rundown once again of what safety measures are in place come Saturday for the fans. Sure. So, um, yeah, as you say, uh, we've had a, a, a COVID-19 task force working on this um, literally almost since um, we all went in, we all left campus in March. Um, uh, we went from uh, making sure that our student athletes and staff were safe uh, when they left campus and, and got got home and how we were going to support them to how were we going to bring them back and then how ultimately would we be able to host uh, a safe event on campus um, so a lot of work has gone into how do we how do we create an, a safe environment for our fans so uh, we've gone to mobile tickets uh, that's uh, one of the things that we've done so um, that allows for two things. One, um, there's obviously no handling of tickets, but the other part of it is it's allowed us to be nimble. We, we, um, with, uh, with a Georgia Tech company um, experience, we actually created an app that allowed us to uh, populate the stadium, uh, taking into account uh, capacity levels as well as uh, social distancing. So we've... Um, We've been able to social distance um, the the uh, the stadium, um, uh, both for uh, our fans, the student section. The student section is right now set up in uh, seats of two with social distancing uh, between them. Um, masks will be required. Uh, concessions will be cashless. Um, uh, I, Hand sanitation sites all over the uh, all over the stadium. Uh, the stadium's undergone deep cleaning, uh, and so we've we've taken into, into account every aspect uh, of the game experience, um, getting into the game, um, getting out of the game, uh, all those things, uh, and trying to create the the safest environment that we can for our fans. Obviously, twenty uh, percent uh, capacity. Uh, which is allowing us to um, uh, social distance our, our fans uh, in their seats. Can you give us the details on the mask wearing and when they'll be required uh, once you approach the stadium? Yeah, um, mask will, well, masks will be required to enter the stadium. They'll be required to stay on um, during the game. Uh, of course, we um, this is uh, you know we're creating a roadmap as we go and so so much of our ability to um to uh create this environment and maintain a safe environment for all of our fans is also going to come down to our fans and so we're really asking them to to practice all the the COVID-19 protocols that we're all becoming used to um uh, and that's uh, social distancing and 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 mask wearing and keep the mask on um, and, uh, and, and take advantage of the, the, the hand sanitizer that we're making available. But yeah, this is, um, this, this is definitely, uh, we're, we're going to require, and we're really going to need our, our, our fans to show the same kind of discipline that we're asking our teams, 
um, to show and our and our and our staff and and um, but uh, but in consultation with um, with uh, public health um, officials and, and the people that um, we've looked to for guidance on on how to how to do this. Uh, we we really feel that um, we've been able to create a, a safe environment for our fans. So fans, uh, you're encouraged to put on your face coverings as soon as you leave your cars and walking on campus. The face coverings become mandatory once you enter the stadium perimeter. So that includes the lines at all gates and the will call windows. You can remove your mask when eating and drinking at your seat or in your assigned eating area within the club areas. Other than that, masks must remain on all other times within the stadium. Will there be security ushers policing the mask wearing during the game when fans are in their seats? I mean, it'll be similar to, I think, if anybody's um, uh, flown recently um, where a mask is required. Uh, if if um, sometimes a mask slips or you forget, uh, you'll be kindly reminded um, to, uh, to put the mask back on. Um, and then, of course, there will be security there. Uh, but we're just hoping that um, that our fans uh, will uh, uh, will do the right thing, mm-hmm. keep their mask on, and so that we don't have to put our ushers and, and security in a position where we, um, you know, have to, you know, kind of uh, uh, get get more strict mm-hmm. with um, with our fans. I, I'm sure you've seen games on television in college football at stadiums that have had fans the optics are just not good when you see those cutaway shots of fans sitting together clustered tightly not wearing their masks it reflects really badly on that school so at the end of the day the message you have for Georgia Tech fans is be the example show the rest of college football that as a fan base Georgia Tech is taking it seriously and doing it right hey the responsibility on us is huge um, the responsibility on our fans. This a, this will be the first um, event in the state of Georgia um, that has fans like this. We have a lot of people watching to see whether this can actually be done or not. Uh, Georgia Tech's used uh, is used to being the first. Is uh, it's in our DNA to to solve problems. It's in our. This is something that that we feel we can do, but it's going to take everybody's help. Um, uh, the Falcons are watching, the Braves are watching, the Hawks are watching. Um, it's more than just college football that's watching. And so, um, yeah, we definitely are, are, um, asking our fans to, to do what our players have done. And that's, uh, uh, be deliberate about keeping yourself, um, and everybody else safe. Um, and um, setting the example. Because um, the other thing is we're, we've got students that we're asking to do the same thing uh, in the student section. They're ask, being asked to social distance and, and, and wear masks. And so um, uh, there, there's definitely a lot riding on our ability to be able to show that you can host fans um, in, in, at a live sporting event. All right, so just asking fans to, to be accountable, hold other people accountable, and, and create a standard here at Georgia Tech and at Bobby Dodd Stadium. That's, hey, that's the end of the, at the end of the day, that's what you want to communicate. And we've done it before. Um, it's just the last time we did it was 1918. Yeah. So, um, and uh, I, I know uh, I'm sure everybody um, uh, 
that's listening to this podcast has seen the pictures from 1918. Now, when, when John Heisman was coaching AD back in 1918, did he leave behind any manual <laughs> uh, for, for you as the AD and how to, to conduct this? If he did, I did not. You know how they you, you leave the three letters or whatever and open this based on whatever. Uh, I haven't been able yeah. to locate John Heisman's letter. Couldn't find that in the filing no. cabinets? No. Oh, well. It is a new era, no question about it. Now, originally, Todd, you'd plan on having tailgating with restrictions, but in light of new information, you decided to now not allow tailgating on campus. Explain that decision. Yeah, well... Obviously, we've put a lot of restrictions on our students based on um, on uh, uh, the spike that we had a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, thankfully, numbers are trending in the right direction. But we just felt like we just felt that based on uh, what we were asking the students to do and the Greeks to do, um, the fact that you've got a number of schools in the ACC that aren't even allowing fans. Um, that we really needed to kind of uh, take this slow and see how it goes. And so um, we just didn't feel, one, it was the right message to um, uh, our our students who have been been, uh, very restricted in what they've been able to do on campus the last couple of weeks. Uh, And then just in general, we're creating this roadmap as we go. And so we just felt like, you know what, let's just take it slow, make sure that we create the safest environment we can. We're going to learn a lot um, after Saturday and also seeing what's going on um, at at other games around the country. And so um, we're asking people um, uh, to... uh, uh, come to the games early because um, obviously we don't want to rush the gates and all those kinds of things because that's part of the social mm-hmm. distancing. We definitely want to stagger fans into the stadium. Um, but come early, the gates will be open. Uh, there will be discounts on selected items uh, in concessions um, uh, for those that come early. Uh, watch the uh, the team warm up and um, a- a- enjoy a great game, get ready for a great game. But um, unfortunately, there's nothing about this season is going to be normal. And um, we're just uh, trying to do um, uh, what's prudent and, and, and create the safest environment we can. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, we just didn't feel uh, tailgating was, was, was the prudent way to go. Um, in our opener against UCF. Now, the lots will be open two hours prior to kickoff. The gates will open 90 minutes prior to kick. And there, like you said, there will be stadium concessions discounted from the time gates open until 30 minutes before kickoff. So if you can't tailgate, you're encouraging everyone to dot gate instead, get to your seats, take advantage of those discounts, still enjoy the camaraderie of the people in your yeah. clusters, yeah. and Take a gander at uh, some of the nice upgrades that have been made in the offseason to Bobby Dodd Stadium. But instead of tailgating, let's Doddgate this year. Well, and just savor it. Savor the moment. I mean, just think um, uh, where we've been over the last six months and the fact that uh, we have football going on and uh, fans in the stands, and I, I think it is definitely uh, it's it, it's definitely an experience that People will be writing about for many years to come, and you're actually there. So, um, yeah, get come in and and uh, let's uh, 
Let's cheer on the Jackets, get here early. Um, there's a lot of new faces out there on the uh, uh, on our um, on our roster, and um, you're going to have an opportunity to get to know them uh, before game day, before the game starts. Sounds like a plan. You enjoy the window washing they're doing here in the suite as we record this podcast? <laughs> yeah. You know it's a game week. You're right. You're Gotta right. Got to get those it's windows thick and stand. It's a beautiful sight. You know what? There are a lot of new features to Bobby Dodd Stadium, as we've talked about, as I'm sure you've read. First and foremost is the turf. Bobby Dodd Stadium is going back to turf. What more can you tell us about the decision to go to turf? We know and are very proud of our award-winning grounds crew at Georgia Tech, but you feel like turf was was the best long-term way to go. Yeah, well, and not uh, well. First of all, um, the turf uh, has come a long way since the turf that I played on here in Bobby Dodd Stadium. Do your so, knees still remember that turf? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, you know, what I remember most about it was just the. Uh, the uh, turf burns um, that, that you would get off of that turf. Um, but uh, the technology's been incredible, um, and, and the turf that we were able to put in is, is um, Shaw's uh, latest and greatest. It's a, it's, it's a geo turf um, that uh, 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 instead of the, the, the um, plastic or the, the rubber the, the the rubber pellets r- rubber pellets or whatever it's um it, it's uh, coconut husk uh and uh so it keeps it cool it's not um you know 20 30 degrees hotter down there um all the safety uh 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 because of the consistency of the turf it's actually um considered even safer than grass um, but our number one, so safety was obviously a huge consideration of, um, it made sense to go to turf, but was it going to be safe? Uh, but in looking at just the, one of the things that we felt like we've got to do here at Georgia Tech is, um, you know, our first priority is, uh, recruiting. And then the second one is developing a better student athlete. And it, we just weren't very efficient in um, being able to train our student-athletes and them not being able to use Bobby Dodd Stadium um, uh, to train. And our, our team wasn't able to practice. Uh, the reason that our, our grass always looked so good was because nobody other than on game day and another select times a year um, ever got on that grass. And, of course, our strength and conditioning center is here in Wardlaw. And so our strength staff wasn't able to actually uh, lift our kids in Wardlaw and then come out and do drills in, in Bobby Dodd. They'd have to go down to um, the uh, Rose Bowl field. And so it just wasn't a very efficient um, way to, to train our kids, knowing that their time is, 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 um, is of the essence. They just don't have a lot of time based on all the things that they have to do. So... And then Coach Collins really wanted to be able to practice in, in, in Bobby Dodd. And um, because especially a, an evening practice, there's nothing like being under the lights in Bobby Dodd and, and from a recruiting standpoint and being able to showcase um, uh, uh, not only this environment, but then also you want your kids to get used to playing in the stadium that they're going to play in. So you want them to be able to practice in it. So, um, and then uh, from a revenue producing standpoint, 
you know, one of the things that's so limited, really limited us uh, to doing um, uh, out, outside events from seven, game, seven home games or six home football games a year was, um, uh, was the fact that we had grass and, and we couldn't tear it up. So this is going to allow us, once we can get back into, uh, you know, in the event business beyond um, our, our sports events, We'll be able to do that. It'll also provide the campus with another venue. Um, I know that um, we're looking at, or the Institute's looking at potentially doing uh, commencement uh, out here in Bobby Dodd. Um, obviously an incredible environment to graduate from Georgia Tech mm -hmm. on Bobby Dodd and, and with um, Atlanta being surrounded by Atlanta. Um, but in, in the current situation we're in with COVID, an outdoor setting, um, uh, makes sense uh, for graduation as well as other student um, type activities. So uh, just being able to use it more than, than six days a year. Um, so, I mean, a lot of factors went into it, um, but we're really excited uh, 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 on, uh, on the new field. It looks beautiful, and our kids love it, coaches love it, um, and it was great to see um, our uh, strength staff working out our kids yesterday or on uh, Thursday um, out on the field, you know, doing sprints and not just our football team, but it, but all of our teams. So uh, definitely excited about that. In addition to that, new lights. I'm sure many people saw um, when uh, we honored the um, the uh, frontline workers um, sometime, I think probably back in July, June or July, we were able to light up the stadium blue. And the reason we were able to do that, because these new fancy lights we have, which are really cool, new sound system, new paint, signage, um, restrooms have been refreshed. Uh, I think everybody is going to be really, really pleased when they, um, when they walk into the stadium or see it on TV. A lot of work has been done. Uh, over the summer to um, really uh, enhance uh, Bobby Dodd Stadium. And the ground crew is hard at work given the, the turf of paint job as well with the new end zones and some of the other signage. The ATL logo is now on the field, the silhouettes of the four national titles uh, in the backs of each end zones. And another benefit of this turf is that you can switch out the designs of end zones a lot more nimbly than you might expect. So that's another added benefit. You can keep things fresh as, as far as a, uh, a design of the end zones throughout the year. Yeah, you don't have to grow it out. So, um, of course, brand, 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 <laughs> brand. Um, this is another billboard, and it's probably the largest billboard we've got on campus, and we can use that turf um, or that field um, to talk about uh, the 404, the ATL, and, and other messaging that um, we want to make sure that any – young man or woman interested in potentially coming to Georgia Tech uh, sees that you know what not only is uh, Bob not only is Georgia Tech located in the most vibrant neighborhood in America surrounded by opportunity when you see the the high rises and the office buildings around us um, but it's a it's a beautiful campus and and um, so uh, uh, those are all considerations and why you want to be able to um, uh, switch out the turf. And, mm -hmm. and also um, uh, uh, it's for recruits, not only football recruits, but um, 
uh, anybody that's interested in potentially coming to Georgia Tech. And you'll get your first glimpse of it at 3.30 on Saturday, Georgia Tech and UCF. Make sure you get here early if you're one of the folks uh, who has your ticket, your mobile ticket, to attend the game. Support the Swarm. Can you give us an update? How's it going? Yeah, uh, support the Swarm. Going well. Um, uh, just found out that... Uh, uh, our our percentage of ticket holders that won't be um, coming to games this year um, and have decided to d donate their um, their investment to support the swarm is uh, is the highest conversion rate in the ACC. Wow! So um, really uh, really proud of our our uh, fans um, uh, that um, unfortunately won't be coming to games but have still. Um, uh, are still investing in our program. Um, have had some great responses to uh, some of our um, uh, incentives that we've put out there, as far as um, the ATL masks and hats and additional AT points. Um, so really happy about the the um, momentum that we've got for support the swarm. Of course, we've got a lot of work to do, though. Um, um, uh, Twenty percent capacity in the stadium. And the uncertainty associated with um, with the season definitely um, creates a lot of uncertainty financially. Um, so there's probably uh, we're looking at probably a, a ten million dollar gap that um, that uh, we're looking to close through support the swarm. So a lot of work to do, um, but uh, really um, happy to see the response that we've gotten so far. How we know nationally, COVID has affected every single athletic department, and the aim of Support the Swarm is to make sure that whatever bite Georgia Tech feels isn't as harsh, isn't as lasting, because this goes back to something we talked about in the previous podcast, where Georgia Tech had built so much positive momentum athletically when COVID hit. You want to make sure that you can maintain that momentum as best you can. Yeah, I mean, every program... Uh, is going to be affected, uh, is going to have a, a significant um, impact financially from COVID-19. I mean, you read the articles nationally and everybody's affected. But not everybody is going to come out of this thing in the same position. So those schools that are able to manage through this um, financially without significantly altering their program. And of course, we've already taken um, significant cuts in, in all of our sport programs, administrative programs. But our, the, the idea of support the swarm is we need to mitigate and close that gap so that this is a 12 to 15, 16 month problem and not a three to five year problem or we're one of those programs that comes out of this and uh, has to totally rebuild. When you look at the momentum we had going in and of course what Tyler Strafaci put the exclamation mm -hmm. point on that this summer, um, but uh, we came out of the, the winter and going into the spring um, with so many successes across the board. Support the Swarm is what's going to allow us to at least keep moving forward um, and not have to do some just uh, 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 make uh, we've already had to make some pretty tough decisions but if we're able to close the gap we can keep this thing moving forward and 
quite frankly, there's an opportunity we could use. We 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 could pass some people because not everybody has the kind of um, alumni base that we have as far as the the ability that they have. Um, and the uh, and of course, part of our brand is the su- success of our of our alumni. Well, this is a a part a place where that success can directly translate in putting us in a position of strength as we come out of COVID-19. Once again, how can fans help with support the Swarm? You had noted highest conversion rate right now in the ACC among percentage of ticket holders who can't come to games this year yet who can still donate an investment. Already great momentum started. How can we continue that? How can they, uh, how can they help support the Swarm? So make a direct donation to support the Swarm uh, season ticket holders, uh, whether it's uh, football, basketball, uh, either of our basketballs, any of our sport, um, any of our sports that are obviously all have reduced capacity. If you're unable to buy season tickets or um, you just don't feel comfortable coming to games, uh, take what you would normally invest in us and, and put that towards support the Swarm. Um, if you've never donated, um, this is an opportunity to, to help us when we need it most. Uh, and so, um, if you're a single game ticket holder, you, you normally come to one or two or three games a year. Um, and that may not be possible this year. Take what you would normally spend with us and donate to support the SORM. And so this is an opportunity not only for, um, uh, those donors that that um, uh, annually contribute to uh, Georgia Tech athletics, but those that um, maybe geographically um, aren't able to come to games or haven't been able to come to games, um, this is an opportunity for kind of an all all hands on deck uh, to help us uh, mitigate the the financial effects of COVID nineteen. I keep showing that strength in the swarm and support the swarm. Football is underway, and soon volleyball will be underway. We know the kind of talent Michelle Collier has returning to O'Keefe Gymnasium. Eight matches scheduled for this fall. We know O'Keefe can be one of the most intimidating environments of all of college volleyball, but it's going to look different as well this fall. Yeah, again, uh, limited capacity, and in fact, there won't be any tickets um, available. Uh, Basically, um, it'll be family, students, um, and uh, some of our uh, significant volleyball donors. Um, but so limited capacity. The good news is um, six of their eight games will be on TV. So um, you will be able to, to watch um, our, uh, our volleyball team in action, um, four home games, four away games. Um, and, uh, of course, they're coming off a, f- a, a phenomenal season with um, with everybody returning, uh, with the exception of um, with, with with the exception of one starter, um, so really really excited about that team and and can't wait for them to get started. The uh, matches at home, October seventh and eighth versus Florida State, October twenty third and twenty fourth versus Clemson. The NCA canceled all fall championships. Is this limited schedule with the idea that Georgia Tech will be able to play for a volleyball championship in the spring? Yeah, what we wanted to do is, one, we wanted to make sure that our student-athletes had the opportunity to play. Um, And so by going with eight games, 
that does uh, leave open the opportunity to play additional games um, um, after the new year uh, in the event that the NCAA mm-hmm. does have a spring NCAA championship. So it's really to provide our, our student-athletes um, a season um, with the opportunity if uh, a championship does take place in the, in the spring to, to participate in that as well. And if it does, these matches would count towards their record, right? Yes, yeah. Okay. And so these would also count towards um, the automatic qualifier as far as AC, who the ACC champion is. Um, and uh, so this really um, uh, keeps that door open okay. uh, in the event that there is a spring championship. So it is a fall season. We hope it is not the only season for Georgia Tech Volleyball, and we certainly hope it is trending in that direction. So good to know. And again, four matches for Coach Collier and the Yellow Jackets at O'Keefe this fall. We covered a lot of ground. You ready for Saturday? I'm ready. Nothing better. Although I'll be holding my breath all week because unfortunately nothing's going to come easy this year. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like when I was an academic advisor and waiting for those (laughs) final grades. Only now I got to wait three times a week. It's a final. It's a final every week, right? (laughs) Yeah. A lot of anticipation, understandably. A lot of apprehension. Things will look undeniably different at Bobby Dodd Stadium this year, but there will also be things that will feel comfortably familiar, such as seeing Georgia Tech take the field and seeing Tommy's Leather versus UCF on Saturday again, 3:30 p.m. If you are coming, make sure you wear your mask. Make sure you set the example. Make sure you show that Georgia Tech is a fan base that does it right when it comes to watching games in stadiums this fall. Hey, when you see the team run out after the uh, the rambling wreck, you will forget all about everything else that's mm-hmm. going on, and it will be literally three hours of feeling like things are normal. And the wreck is allowed to come onto the field this year. No dance team on the sidelines, no cheerleaders. That's mandatory across the ACC, but we will have the wreck. We will will have the wreck, yes. Sounds good. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see the Yellow Jackets. And once again, we appreciate you checking out the Toddcast. Make sure you like, you listen, you subscribe. Todd Stansbury, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. All right, once again, he's Todd Stansbury. I'm Andy Demetra. Thanks once again for listening to the Toddcast, everybody. The Todd Stansbury Podcast is a presentation of RamblinWreck.com. Go Jackets!